live? <laughs> yeah. Yo, we're live. <laughs> What's what up? On? Episode 7. Flare for your ear. I'm over here dicking around this damn phone, man. You know, it's uh, funny that you remember that. I literally would never remember that. What, the episodes? Yeah, I always have to go back and check. That's hilarious. Even when, like, I, I go to post it, I just have to go back just to fucking make sure. Yeah. I'm always so forgetful that way. Just do your numbers to get your numbers. <laughs> you got two, so it's a little different than me, but... Well, the other one, tomorrow's, what, 77? Yeah. So... Big moves, big things. That's it, man. Fucking get her done. So how's everything, man? Good, man. Just, uh, getting over the fight hangover from last weekend. Was, was there a hangover? I thought you had the flu. No, no. From from the fights, man. Well, you had USC Saturday. Then you had NFL Sunday. Because, like, everybody was getting in the fight Sunday. Uh, yeah, that's what I read, man. I read that this morning when I was reading yeah, the news man, and shit. Yeah, it was crazy. I don't know what what the fuck was going on, though, man. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, look at AJ Green trying to do his best GSP impersonation. <laughs> We're naked choke, man. It was crazy. Out here rolling with dudes like it's jujitsu on the football field. That's crazy. But what sparked that though? I think um, the defender uh, you pushed him. Really? But there was rampant this weekend. There was like four different NFL games that had fights in it this weekend, right after the UFC. That's crazy, man. And UFC was crazy enough. I mean, I I predicted the two first winners. But the GSP, I didn't see coming. I actually, you know what? I I got the GSP fight right. Yeah. I got the Rose fight right. I predicted Rose was going to win. Yeah. I got the Cody Garbrandt fight wrong. Oh, really? That was the fight I got wrong. I knew TJ was going to take it. I could just, you could tell everything by the, the pre-fight, man. It's the way these guys look at each other. And like, <laughs> you see, uh, you got, what's her name? Um. Johanna was talking to her and talking shit about the boogie, the boogie woman. You, the boogie woman's gonna come for you tomorrow. And then you see, uh, freaking Rose, Doug Rose is there just reciting God's prayer. Yeah. I'm like, yo, these people are both psycho, man. I love both of them. I love watching both of their fights. That was a good fight, though. But with the Cody TJ fight, I just felt like I wanted to give Cody the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but TJ just realistically as a fighter, he's just got more weapons. Yeah, he he kicks, he he goes for the takedown. He, he's got good, he's good with the hands. So it was only a matter of time if if you know Garbrandt didn't finish him in the first round, second yeah. round even maybe that Dillashaw was probably going to take the fight. But I think if they run it back now, I think Cody would win two times out of three. I I, th- I think yeah, I have to believe the same thing. I think those guys are so like razor thin. Yeah, with the their skill set, like they well obviously they train together, but. They're very, very much um, even. Yeah. So it's basically a pick. I'm gonna see who's gonna win that fight. Yeah, that's all it is, man. Like who catches who? <laughs> yeah. Much it. Like you gotta catch it first. And Cody, one thing I noticed, man, that fight. Cody's fast. Yeah. He's fucking fast. I couldn't yeah. believe that shit. And Dillashaw is, is probably one of the faster guys in that weight class. And and TJ was just, or sorry, Cody was just. Just outpointing him in terms of that. Like, if Cody had to pull the trigger maybe a few more times in the first round, yeah, might not even have got out of that. Yeah. He's got some fucking power on him, dude. Well, yo, I don't even want to talk about the fights because everyone's done that thus far already. I want to talk about what's next for these fighters. That's what I want to talk about. You know, they, where does Rose go from here? Yo, that, that I think they'll run stacked. it back, though. I think they'll run it back. I, I think did, just from a, you know, from a, a business perspective, like... She's done so much. She's been so competitive. I personally, I mean, I even talked about it on my own podcast. I don't like that. Yeah. Because the fight ended so abruptly. So there's nothing that she could watch 
to fix her mistake. Yeah. Take another fight. Let Rose take a fight. You might not even fight her because she might not win. You might get someone a little easier. But you want to can't watch footage and, and get better because the fight lasted two and a half, three minutes. I don't. I, that's exactly the reason why I think there should be another fight because the fact that this was the only the second strawweight champion and she basically held it and dominated for so long. She lost in a freak fashion. Unless your name was McGregor, you deserve a, a rematch. Like the the new child, the new champion's got to give the, the, the previous champion a rematch. It's only right, especially when they've dominated. <clears throat> the same thing with Anderson Silva. Like he he got knocked out pretty soundly. He didn't do much before Bumass Wyman knocked him out, but he mm-hmm. knocked him out. It was emphatic, mm-hmm. and this because of his tenure and what he's done to the sport, they had to give him a rematch. I'm not disagreeing with that train of thought. I just yeah. don't think it's the right... Look, man, when you get knocked out the way you wanted it, and she's already in denial, she's saying she didn't tap. She was tapping. Yeah. She was tapping. Her hand was on the mat tapping Yeah. for the fight to stop. So she's already in denial about how she lost the fight. That's, Which, that's regular. I mean, when you're... No, that's nature, but... Human nature, but then what's she going to use as a frame of reference to get better? Wow. I, I don't think that in this particular instance she doesn't necessarily need to get better. I think she needs to execute her game plan more efficiently and take this, the fight a little more seriously. Because I agree with that. You know, like I agree with that. the antics are cool, but everyone we've seen who's had antics when they're a heavy, heavy favorite yeah. is usually end up losing or coming really close to losing. So I don't know if it's just a, a fact that they, they say this whole thing with when you have the belt, you have to do all these things to <clears throat> all these things that come along with the belt, with the press uh, press junkets and going on every sports show and mm-hmm. talking with the belt and talk, bring, like, bringing the product to the masses, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think a lot of people get the thought. It's the reason why GSP left, right? People get kind of like complacent because they're so ingrained in this thing that they have to continuously do all the time. Mm-hmm. And it takes away from a lot of other things they like to be doing, like training. Like yeah. GSP's a, a gym rat. You know, King Glass is a gym rat. But as champions, like that's taken away from what they're doing. I don't know. I, once again, I'm I'm not disagreeing with any of those points. I just I know that the UFC will run it back. What, I, what's what's your alternative? Like, there's no there's no better fight than that. If we're talking we're talking anything, we, well, you're, you're thinking from a fighter's point of view. No, I'm just thinking overall because what happens is if Yuana goes in there and she loses again, yeah, that's not an option for her now. What to get another title fight? Because as long as Rose is at the top and she and if Yuana loses again. She won't be able to work her way up to the top until Rose loses. Why not? All because she, you don't run a fight back three times when that person who's already lost. Yes, twice. but you still you could still go up and run the. You just have to run the gauntlet more. So if you if they're if so if they lose, <clears throat> they're like okay, well it was so emphatic. We're gonna you have to do do this and stay with this person, fight this person who loses the next contender up maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> or at least in the top five. You'd have to flush out the fucking division. Yeah, well, if you lose once, but if you lose twice, then it's like, okay, you can still fight for a title. Like, you're, look at Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber has had oh, countless... Oh, Frankie Edgar are the perfect examples. And they've countless opportunities, you know? And, like, sure, they don't get it right away, but you can still make your way there to a third trip. It's it's not unlikely because it's happening a lot. It's not unlikely, but it's definitely not a sellable fight, which would make it hard. Because at the end of the day, they're in the business of selling fights. You yeah. can't you can't sell a fight where the person has lost two two fights in a row. Yeah. To the same person, 
it's going to be hard to, to sell that as a, a fight that people are going to be interested. I would watch it. Yeah. Even in a third fight. If I knew you won a loss twice, I'm not counting her out. That I still think she could come back and win. Yeah. It all, all depends on the second fight we go, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a big thing. Well, we all know. I'm not saying it was a fluke the way she beat her. Yeah. Because you got to give Rose her, her credit. She went in there and she beat her. And it's not like it was a fluke knockout. Like, she rocked her before that. Uh, I think it's pretty fluky, to be honest with you. Just no, because... No, I don't think so. You want us... You want us She's used to this. It's not, I, this is why I think she was lazy and complacent because when you're used to these certain situations and you fight, like it's like a mental, like a muscle memory. Like yeah. you're used to the big stage. You're used to everything that comes along with this. Although it might be more pressures because you're not the champion. You have to do much more in order to enhance your brand and still make money. Yeah. You still know when you go in the ring, that's that's your home. Like you're comfortable there. So for her to lose like that, like it's the same thing with Jose Aldo. Like, Jose Aldo actually got Connor got in his head. That's why he was so dejected. That's why he, you know, like he, I, I, he fought the way. It's almost the same as when I hate talking about Connor because you know I love him, but the same way he when he fought Eddie Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, you got to say he did. He did did things that he wouldn't he shouldn't be doing, but that doesn't mean well for for Eddie Eddie he doesn't reserve a rematch, but for Aldo Aldo they wanted to give him a rematch. Yeah. You know, and what was the difference between the two other than duration of holding the belt as opposed well, to other as, as far as like the caliber of fighter, Jose Aldo's levels above Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Um but and I think the, the reason that Connor too. I think I think Connor didn't give him a rematch one because of the manner in which he lost. Mm-hmm. But I also think Connor is fearful of the fact that Jose would fight smarter. Yeah. Which leaves Connor in more danger. Right? The one thing that every fighter in the UFC is susceptible to is the leg kick, which Jose Aldo throws better than pretty much anybody in the sport. Yeah. Um, so I think the second fight would go very different. I still think Connor might get him if he yeah. lands a power shot, but I don't know if it's a question of maybe. But I, I, I think I think the reason Connor didn't give him that fight was because Connor is afraid of what could potentially happen. Whereas Eddie Alvarez didn't like he got in his head, yes, but he still wouldn't have deserved the rematch under any circumstance. Yeah. Even if it was a competitive fight. I'm not giving Eddie Alvarez that rematch. That, that's that's bias. I feel <laughs> either or, but I just that's I mean the way I'm, I I'm, see it. I'm personally not interested in that. But it, like I said before on this podcast numerous times, I'm not interested in a number of fights that they put together. The number of these cards are stupid. Like, this is the best card I've seen since man. God, I can't even think of the last great card. I don't know. Watched. UFC two eighteen is pretty fucking stacked. We'll see what happens to see if anyone drops out. We'll see if any, there's any USADA uh, testing. Let's see if there's any cocaine use, any uh, hit and runs. You know, like... Well, John you, Jones is not in the sport. That's, that's, that's one guy, things. but you know what? There was one year in the whole last quarter of their their, their fiscal year, their, every every big fight fell through. From well, August, from August to December, everyone fell through. And I, I think that was before USADA was a huge thing. Well, USADA's been around for quite a bit of time, but they dinged somebody on this card. Yeah. Just a low-level fighter. Yeah. But they dinged him. They'll catch somebody every time. But it was a talent-rich pay-per-view. But I feel the GSP-Bisbing fight was good. It was a headliner. Um, um, it was good. But to watch GSP, he was physically big. He was yeah. in great shape. He did very well. Yeah. But he still has not evolved. Yeah. His striking still is, like, elementary compared yeah. to his other skill set. Wrestling... Probably the best in the world. Yeah. Takedown, best in the world. But when it comes to striking on the feet, he still looks like he's he's just learning for the first time. 
And and the only reason I feel like he was able to outpoint Bisbing, one, I think Bisbing gave him way too much respect. Well, he had to. On the feet. Because um, they trained together before. Yeah, and I mean, and George is George. Yeah. He's earned that. But I felt like Bisbing could have could have waded in and, and hit him with a few more shots and maybe made George a little more hesitant yeah. to commit to his shots. Because this shot that he landed, well, obviously I can't say it wasn't a hard shot because I'm not fucking in there. Yeah. But it didn't look like anything harder than he had thrown and hit him with earlier in the fight. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. That was just a weird fight to me. But as far as like what's next, I know Whitaker's next. George has to defend the belt against Whitaker. Does he? He does. He doesn't have a choice. Does he? He either has to he either has to defend it against Whitaker or he's gotta vacate it. Oh that, yeah. Well, what's a smarter move? You're but, gonna fight you're gonna fight an assassin for nothing. There's there's no upside to that for you. No, you know, Whitaker or you can you too. can vacate the belt, go fight Woodley. It's another big pay per view, and it's another big payday, and you can be the champion again. So the story is even greater. And for the business side, they make more money on that fight. I don't know, man. Like it would take him some time. It looks like to get back down to one seventy. He looked fucking huge. Yeah, but he also moved very, very slow, man. Like he he he, he was, was tired. He, yeah, he was tired in we, the second round. We've never seen that before. <laughs> he was shaking his hands down by his side. Like, yeah, they were heavy. So he's not used to the weight. So like, I think he'd be like ideal at the weight that he's natural at. Although I do think Woodley would fucking mop the floor with him. Woodley's already a base of a wrestler. With yeah, with these vicious, just, vicious, he's vicious strikes. He's dangerous. And George, if he throws it's that nightmare. jab out there like that slow, Woodley will we'll catch clip him. him man. Clip him, man. But I think Woodley knows that. I think that's why he wants that big money fight. Because oh, I mean, Woodley could easily make a couple million dollars off that fight. Yeah, Woodley's. I feel like Woodley's personality is so. It's too serious. It's it's so content. Like he's so contentious about everything. He's such a baby. Like yeah, I don't I don't like that aspect of him, man. He's like he's a big whiner. Reminds me of the, the rapper the, the Russ. Big shades and a you know a shady area like yeah. in the arena. You're wearing fucking sunglasses. Well, same reason I don't like Tony Ferguson. Like I, he's just, he, they come across as fake. Like they're just try, they're like carbon copies of what they've seen. No, I agree with that. But I I think Tony Ferguson is. Just from like the way that he behaves when they come in, you know, the way ins and stuff like that. I think that truly is his personality. I don't think I think Ty Tyron's trying to play that. Was he that always like that though? Was Tony always like that? Because yeah, like, no, he's always. If you look been at like someone that. like, um, like even back in the day, he would like dance when he was on stage. He's always been like that. If you look at Max Holloway, Max Holloway was not the way he is now. Not as vocal. No, almost never. In in the Conor fight, he changed his whole style. <clears throat> Money is a great fighter. He's always been a great fighter, but just saying, like these guys, man, it's 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 interesting how the game has changed so much and involved where they they do things now for the big money fight rather than for the the sport of it. And but I know it's not set that precedence. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, they set that precedence. Absolutely, 100%. and that's actually why I, f- I feel the brand's kind of gone down. But they, right now with this big hit, like they got a chance to piggyback off this pay per view. Oh yeah. And make and make a really start their next year strong, yeah. Which is essential because they have no stars to market, man. Like they have Mighty Mouse and he's not marketable. There's no other champion that I can think of that's held the belt for a number of times other than Connor. Okay, so I got a question then for you. Yeah, we we you know we talked about it so many times about um, you know stars not having no marketability. Yeah. But then again, think about it. If a Demetrius Johnson speaks up and he's arrogant, he's yeah. cocky, that's gonna that's gonna. So diminish the brand regardless yeah I don't, I, I, like if they start talking like a bunch of savages like I'm gonna fucking slap this dude you know what I mean it's gonna hurt the brand 
irregardless. Dude, the, the, the thing is this, though. Like, I, I don't think he needs to do that. He just needs to be himself. GSP was himself. Yeah. He had a huge fanfare. He still has huge fanfare. Uh, Anderson Silva was himself. Barely spoke English. He had huge fanfare just based off of his fights. So yeah. what is the... It's something in Mighty Mouse's personality that doesn't gel right with the general populace because he's not gravitating, he's not hitting hard like all these other people. If you look at even Chris Wyman and his short stint as champion, it's like he had a lot of support. Yeah, he lots. And now I know he kind of basically he sold the the American all American yeah boy or whatever, but he yeah. still had a lot of fanfare for what he was Rampage. Another guy who wasn't talking shit. Like, he just beat himself. And he wasn't a big trash talker. Huge fan fear. Chuck Liddell. Like, I, I know a lot of these examples are from back in the day. But if you look at Paige Van Sant or um, the blonde Sage Northcutt, uh, some of these guys have got brands and they haven't really done anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're basically no one. <laughs> like, they haven't even, they're not at that level yet where some of these elite fighters are. Some of these elite fighters are over here trying to t- sound like Connor. Well, I think like for a guy like Tyron, I, I I agree with. I don't think he has the personality to to speak out. Yeah, I don't think he has that personality to sell a fight. So I think yeah, I agree with that. He should be himself, but is being himself gonna help either way? Yeah, you know the one thing I don't. GSP's got a great fan base. One because you know he's got basically a country behind him. Yeah, but more than that, I think it's his humble nature. Yeah, because his English isn't good. He fumbles on his words all the time. Yeah. He, you know, every pre-fight uh, interview or whatever he does, whether it's media or whatever, says the same thing. Yeah. So it's the same routine. He's very repetitive in the way he conducts his UFC affairs. True. But, and I feel like just Tyrone needs to find what works from, like, and then go on about it that way. But the the, the whole gimmick behind just being an asshole or trying to be what you're not, because I... I honestly don't think that Connor is as bad as he makes himself out to be. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he's mastered the art of playing that role, and he does it. He does it better than anybody he's, will ever. He do. mastered the Ric Flair, yeah, Bruce Lee, you know. uh, Muhammad Ali playbook, and he he does his shit like he does it well. But I'm, the same way that he's able to play that role, it's just everything. It's like the 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 awkward style of clothing he wears. He can pull it off, and no one else can pull it off. Yeah. Like I don't even want to see Tyron walk up on a stage and be wearing no flowered fucking suit. From, you, you know what's from really Versace. funny? I don't when, want to see that. When Connor first, I, the first time I saw Connor, I think it was my second or first fight in UFC. He had braids. His yeah. same persona, the glasses, yeah. the green leprechaun suit. Yeah. He's out there just like being himself. He's very, very entertaining, very funny. Like talking about how hard the guy's head is that he was hitting. Like he's always been that way. So now that he's big, people are like looking at him like, "Oh, he's just doing this to sell." It's like, well, it's weird. Like he's been always doing it. And I think that's the same thing that other people need to do. Like, chill. Chill was like that the whole time. I, you know what? And I, even though he was a bum fighter, he did he start going. No, I was just gonna say, chill was better than Connor. She <laughs> talking. I just felt. Yeah, I just. He's very witty, yeah. you know what I mean? So, And because he's well-educated, he, yeah. might, he might behave stupid, but he's very well-educated. So his he's very fast like uh, with his tongue. Just yeah. He'll catch you mid-sentence and he'll rip you where... Connor's a little brash and stuff, but I it just... I don't know. It's just simple stuff that he yeah. says. It's not nothing really complex that he's talking about. It's anything that anyone can say. But it's timing too, man. When when, oh, yeah. when he turned around and said, "Who the fuck are you?" Like <laughs> that shit. Like 
that shit bang and knocked everywhere. Yep. You know, or the, on stage with uh, with Floyd Mayweather in Toronto, like yeah. that shit bang too, man. Like yeah. he's he just he it's timing. It's almost like he's a comedian. He's, it's an art. So with that being said, who do you want to see GSP fight next, Whitaker or Tyron? I think if he stays a middleweight, Whitaker. Um, I think Whitaker's injured right now. No, he'll be back probably by the fourth, fifth month of the year. Okay. But I think so it's like I definitely I want to see Tyron get a fight because I feel like Dana White's punishing him. Oh, well, I think he deserves to be punished. I think he deserves to be punished for talking shit. But as far if he if Dana White's punishing because of the, his fighting style, yeah, then you shouldn't have never gave him the title fight to begin with. You know how he fights. He fights careful. He's not going to go out there and risk what he's worked his entire life for. Yeah. So give him someone that's going to come after him. Don't give him a Damian Maya who's going to wait back all night for him. Give him, put him in there with someone like a Sal and Connor that's going to force the action. Yeah. And then he, he might win impressively or he might lose. You know Impressive, what I mean? Yeah. But put somebody in there who's going to go after him. Yeah. You know, so if that's the if that's the fight, I feel like GSP would push the pace for Tyron. Yeah. Because the one thing is they're both similar athletes. Tyron's got power, but George has unlimited stamina, yeah. which Tyron does not have. He's used to that. <laughs> so, well, yeah, if he cuts back down, he might. But, you know, Tyron Woodley doesn't have that. Yeah. You know, one, two rounds in, he's gassed. Yeah. He'll carry the same amount of power, but if he's limited in the action throughout the round. Mm-hmm. If you push him, he'll have nothing in the gas tank. Yeah. So I would love to see that fight because I want to see him get his just due. But I also want to see George go back down. I'm, I'm, I'm scared for him in middleweight. If he, if he goes back down, he's, he beats, he beats uh, what's his name, Tyron Woodley. I, that, that solidifies him, in my mind, as the best fighter. The best. Um, With everything put together, like GSP's run, um, two time, two champion, different weight class, which has only been done four or five times. The only reason why I question GSP, I think GSP is one of the greatest fighters. Yeah. But I don't think he'll ever be considered the greatest. The only because there's questionable times where a couple times where he was actually there. He actually didn't win. I mean, he won the fight technically. Yeah. But if you go back and watch that, I think that was just, I think that was a, a gift to him. I don't actually think he won the fight. Yeah, but I mean, the same can be said about the count. He lost to Mark Hamill, and they, Mark Hamill, Matt Mark Hamill, Hamill Matt Hamill, pushing names out of your stuff. <laughs> Shout out to Luke Skywalker. Anyways, yeah, he won that fight, and they, he definitely won that fight. It's the most lopsided thing ever. It's almost like when Mark Hamill, Matt Hamill, oh my God, Matt Hamill was fighting John Jones. And yeah. John Jones only lost in his record. Like it's clear that he's he's he can't continue. Yeah. You're not stopping the fight. You're gonna call not oh it's like twelve to six yeah. elbows. Like, come on, man. Like it's ridiculous. Well, the thing is, like when I like okay, so the way I assess it is like GSP's always fought stiffer competition. Yeah. But Mighty Mouse to me is a more dominant champion than GSP. The only problem with that is if you weigh it on the scale of talent, Mighty Mouse's talent hasn't been as stiff. As George St. Pierre. You could argue that, but I personally feel like right now, given the fact that he's been in the sport continuously, yeah. I think if you were to rank it, because GSP left, I think he's at the bottom of that three or four people person list. Yeah. Um, but he definitely, if he, whatever he does, whether he stays in middleweight, if he beats Whitaker, then he's right there at the top. Yeah. Or if he goes down to mid or welterweight and he beats Woodley, then he's right back there at the top. Yeah. But I think it goes Mighty Mouse, you could probably say Anderson or George. And then I don't, and I mean, John Jones would probably be in that list, but you know, you gotta wait to see what happens. True. You know, with him, but I, I definitely agree he's one of the greatest fighters. But 
he's got to make a fucking decision soon. He's old, man, so that's another big issue. Hey, man. He's well, if old. he's old, then he better go back down to welterweight. Because yeah. Robert Whitaker's no joke, man. He'll beat George easily. Yeah. Because you saw the fight with Yoel Romero. Yeah. That's a, that's a world-class wrestler. Oh, yeah, and he, he couldn't take him down. He beat, he beat bum-ass friggin' Weidman, man. <laughs> Emphatically, that. <laughs> a flying Dallas-team type knee. Yep. So, I mean... Watch a street fighter. The fact that... And Robert Whitaker got his leg blown out in the first round, first 10 seconds. Yeah. And he still, you know, Romero Obviously. still couldn't take him down. So I, I I see that being a big problem for George and Whitaker's faster on the feet. Yeah. And he's a bigger guy in general. So that's that's a scary fight for George. And I hmm. think he knows it too. But we'll have to see what happens. Who's winning the game? Uh man, Golden State's winning by a lot. So oh, well, it's not looking so good. I have, I have Minnesota. So I'm, I'm over here watching the Golden State-Minnesota game on uh, Brad's tablet. I got some money on this. I threw a two little parlay on this. I, you know, I love to gamble, man. I love sports. But calculate risk moves, man. I might spend <laughs> kind of crazy money. But, you know, uh, I have Golden State to go over 229 points. And they're winning right now 74, 97 to 74 going into the fourth quarter. Oh, wow. So they'll probably get the over. But the same token, like, I'm going to lose the, 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 the close battle unless they make a run. Yeah. Minnesota makes a run, they don't go for 229 unless it's overtime. Yeah. So I know it's already just from gambling before, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Well, let's see what happens, yeah, man. You know, it's I good. Swear, if I did that, I would be, I mean, I, I say it all the time, I would be so stressed. I couldn't watch a game under that type of pressure. There's no pressure for me, though. I, I, I bet $20 a day. And That's not bad. If it, it, it hits, it hits, it doesn't. Like, I made, like, Monday, made two seventy four, that's twenty dollar bet, and cash to walk two hundred dollars out. Yeah. Play with the rest of the money. Couldn't win anything yesterday. Just put twenty dollars back in today. Yeah. Still play my profit. You know what I mean? You did, cause the thing is always to like bet smart. You no, know, but stupid. Like, parlays are pretty stupid. Yeah. Like most people want the parlay because they want more money. So that's why NFL pools is dumb. Because what do you, they when you say you, parlay? What do you mean? Like you got to get a certain amount of games? Parlay, so yeah, parlay is like it could be a certain amount of games, it's a certain amount of events. Yeah. So if you had like, for instance, my bet right now is Golden State in Minnesota to go over a certain amount of points, and also for Minnesota to keep it within ten points. Uh-huh. So even if they lose, it's got to be within that time frame. So that's a parlay. It's a small parlay, but it's still a parlay. But if you really want to make money, the, the, where the money comes from, the juiciness is that you bet one one game. And you put a large amount of money in, like a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and then usually it's at you know one point nine to one. Mm-hmm. So you win ninety dollars for a hundred dollars you spent, which is still a good business, right? If especially if you're doing it, like my goal this this month was to win a hundred dollars every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm even. I'm broken. I'm at my point. I'm I'm at, I have to win this today to keep it going. But I won two hundred dollars. Um, on Monday, so mm-hmm. kind of, kind of keep scaling and looking at it, but it's not easy. I mean, it's gambling. I'm like, I don't know these guys, but it's the same if you were to bet on, if you were to bet on the stocks, you mm-hmm. know, mutual funds and stocks and all these bonds and whatnot. It's the same thing because mm-hmm. you're speculating, and there's so many people's hands and you know how the share does or yeah. what mergers taking place over here. It's all statistics, so I, I find that that part of it very fascinating. That's why I like the chase of it, and then. You get to watch a great game, so it's like it adds more value to it than me watching, you know, the ticker, uh, you know, CNBC to see what my my stock is doing. You know, yeah, that's nerve wracking. 
Uh, I guess with the sports. With my life, with my life savings in the line. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's just crazy because I don't know why people do that, man. You you read stories or cases about that where like people have invested. They might have eighty thousand dollars left. Yeah. In, in their life savings, and they literally go and invest like sixty thousand of that. And they convince them that, oh, we'll turn a profit. You know, you take high risk. Yeah. You know, you might lose a couple thousand, but you might gain, you know, 10,000 on top of that the next month. It's like, man, come on. That's fucking crazy, man. Half the time they take your money and it's gone. Yeah. It's gone as soon as you sign that shit over. You're never going to fucking see that money. You find me one average citizen that's actually put their money into the stock market and actually come out and said that they've made money. Like as far as like elderly who are investing their pension, their life savings. It depends what they're depends what they're they're um, putting into do. That's like no fair enough. Is. But I'm just I'm just referencing like the overall financial yeah. corruption and you know. Oh, absolutely. In in the United States in you general, have, you have like you have even well, even abroad, like, you have no say in what your stock is doing. Mm-hmm. Even as a shareholder, like as a collective of shareholders, if you have a majority stake, and definitely you have an opinion like as to what happens with that product or that business mm-hmm. but for the most part like good luck getting like I, I I'm speaking completely ignorantly I don't see any way a business would give over six more than 50 percent uh in a, a publicly owned business mm-hmm. um of, of their their piece of the pie like it doesn't make any sense to me yeah it's really it, weird it went belly up I'm not too familiar like I actually um when I was at work today there was a guy who actually worked for Google. Yeah. And uh, just talking to him for a minute. And then as I walked away, one of the guys that works for me, he's like, oh, do you know when you work for Google, you get, you're able to get, I guess, like he said, like a percentage of a, like stock. Google stock yeah. when, you, when you get employed there. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but you got to keep in mind too, that's valued at absolutely dick. Yeah. It, like, yes, they're giving you a piece of the pie, but you have to know how to play the market. You have to know how to monitor that. If you wanted to get more than that, you got to put in a substantial amount of money. Yeah, and work, putting work too, man. It's, exactly. It takes time. It's, it's similar thing with, with gambling. It takes time. Like yeah. I don't, I would, I don't go to the casino anymore. When I did, mm-hmm. I would never trust my fate to a spinning wheel or a knob. Oh, when you it's, pull the fucking hand. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like I'm not into that. Yeah. So like for me, it's like I first started with blackjack. Yeah, I'm always like going in heavy, and I'd be like, okay, this is like. Still, it's on me, mm-hmm. but at the same token, the people at the table have also affect what the decisions are based on how the statistics work for Blackjack, right? Yeah. I find this fascinating. Like, I love watching these movies like 21 and... 21 was all good. The, all these these movies that deal with gambling. Like, there's What's the Cincinnati Kid, uh, Rounders. Like, I love these movies. When I started doing poker, poker was something that was like completely insulting mine. Yeah. But knowing my personality and that like... It could fall off the rails. I always know that about every vice I have in my life that it could fall off the rails. Mm-hmm. And I have buyer's remorse. So buyer's remorse is kind of like the the anchor that, that balances everything out for me. Because mm-hmm. if, I, if I was to lose something out of my means, like if I was to lose $100 spending, it would really upset me. Because mm-hmm. $100 is like, it's a small amount of money. But I mean, because most people, to a lot of people, it's a lot of, large amount of money. For me to lose that gambling, it's like, dude. So, like, I'm trying to make sure that, A, I can afford to lose when I'm, like you said, you, you don't know if you can do that with all the stress. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to lose that money, mm-hmm. knowing in my head I'm going to win that money. That's just the way I think. I'm always going to think positively. Mm-hmm. And second thing is, like, you have to, uh, 
you have to be able to have try to control as many variables as you can yeah you know what I mean there, there's certain things you have to know like if you, just who's injured or you know like is the shark on the table right beside me to to my right so it means he makes a play before me or mm-hmm. you know what I mean or oh, sorry to the left so I make my play and he goes over top of me yeah so like you you have to know all these things like there's so much complexion to it it's like anything yeah it's a job it's just, I guess it's a varying degree of like what you like the same way you do podcasting and you, you enjoy it like you you're probably the most in-depth podcaster I know just day to day just like, looking at all the figures yeah. but most people don't do that but you do that it's serious to you and you love it you enjoy it right yeah and it brings you joy and you, that's you, my you gamble can, you can build exactly it yeah. is a gamble it because is. you can make it big you see like Rogan started from this I mind you he had a bit of a fawn because he's on news radio Fear Factor and he's a comedian popular. yeah you know what I mean like, <laughs> he wasn't an A-list celebrity by any means but he was a D-list celebrity which means he was still known yeah and he started a podcast with him you seeing and almost simultaneously it's kind of it's kind of blew up man and yeah. that's how it goes like even you you've seen some success just like going from episode 1 to episode 77 in, in uh, the open mic experience yeah so he, consistency is a big thing man and knowing and being heavily involved in a passion of yours yeah it's huge not to say gambling is my passion but I do enjoy it uh, you know what I want to get involved in it um, because the best thing about it is like I feel like if you gamble it probably sounds stupid to some people but I feel like it's something that you're committed to right mm-hmm. so you anytime you're invested in something it's never a bad thing yeah and, and for you obviously it seems like you control it very well yeah where some people don't have that that type of control like they'll go to the casino for instance and they'll gamble just all their money away yeah you're doing it through a system yeah it's like okay i want to make x amount of dollars a day but i'm only going to spend x amount of dollars a day yeah so as long as it's controlled it's not bad yeah it's not considered a, a bad thing but for me i don't know if i would gamble on the um all the sports like hockey like you do like you're, yeah. you're pretty involved in all of it i want to try to get into just betting on the ufc right now yeah um just because like you said, like when you when you sit down and you break down and you analyze, it's almost like you could pretty much predict. But also, too, the biggest thing about fighting is like it's so fucking up in the air. Yeah. Like you never actually essentially know there's, who's gonna there's win. Way too many variables in fighting. Yeah. Man. Like it could take a glancing blow. Like the fight's going good. Yeah. You're in the fifth round. Next thing you know, the, the opponent lands a glancing blow on top of the head. Next thing you know, the guy's fucking out. Yeah. And and there goes your bet. So, but I also that also keeps me so entertained at the same time. Like mm-hmm. round by round by round. I'm just nervous all throughout the fucking fights because yeah. I never know. So I might try it the next one because obviously I think there's um well actually I don't think I know there's a fight this Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're not interested in this. No, not at all. <laughs> next then, fight I'm looking forward to is Khabib and homeboy uh, in December. What's this guy's what's the dude's name? He's fighting. The guy's a beast. Um, is it Alves? That's no, J- J- Justin Gage. He's fighting Eddie Alvarez. I don't know who it is. Not, 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 not Eddie Alvarez. It's another Alvarez. I'm not sure who it is. Let me find out who it is. Um, I did hear that he was taking a fight soon. Oh, they signed him, man. Google machine. Who is Khabib Nagamadov fighting in December? <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Barboza. Oh, Edson. Edson Barboza. Yeah. Edson Barboza. Thanks, Google machine. I love you, girl. That's a good fight. That's a dangerous fight for Khabib. I think so too. Very dangerous. I Especially think Edson's got him too. He's struggling to make weight and stuff, man. Like that's no kind of he's doing. How do you feel about that though? How do you feel about weight cutting? You think they should do closer to their natural weight? 
or space out like instead of having 125 131 or sorry 131 125 135 go 125 130 135 140 145 150 that would make more sense in theory but the only thing is that like the, the product is already much. watered down yeah it's too much you know what i mean i almost think you should actually revert back to what you were before like the original usc's yeah. like back in the day where almost weights didn't really matter I mean, it's got to be sanctioned some way. Like, that's the reason why it's grown in popularity. But I think if a happy medium between the two would really help. And giving these guys back their sponsorship, man. Like, I know you did the, they did the Reebok deal just to make their, their business look more profitable and, and, uh, and kind of uh, polished for a buyer. But same token, man, these fighters need to be making more money than you're providing. Like, it's stupid. You, they can't rep for their own brands. I said, I, I'd go elsewhere too. Like I, I think Bellator's gonna have in the next five years a better product than UFC. I don't know if they'll have a better product, um, but I do agree with the sponsorship. Look, there's some fighters in the UFC that were making more from sponsorship money if yeah. they got a fight than what they were getting paid from the UFC. Yeah. And I think the UFC to kind of be selfish to say I want Reebok to represent my company. Yeah. And knowing that they only pay each fighter ten thousand dollars a fight. Yeah. That to me is ridiculous when a guy like Donald Cerrone, who was known for having countless sponsorships on his shorts, mm-hmm. would probably easily rake in $200,000. Oh, absolutely. In sponsorship money alone. Yeah. So the fact that the UFC wanted to get away from that, it, it just shows the selfishness of the brand. Yeah. Because Reebok is not financially rewarding these guys. And to be honest, the product that Reebok's putting out is crap. It is crap. It's fucking trash. It should not have taken Reebok two or three years to evolve into colored shorts yeah like that's ridiculous that should have been a transition that happened week by week by week by week every time there was a new fight card there should have been new color schemes there should have been there should have been cultural color schemes from the beginning why is you know a guy like Jose Aldo wearing fucking black on black yeah get get a Brazilian flag on there you know what I mean get some colors on there yeah like represent the fighter you know and I think Reebok as a brand has way too much money to be selfish with their money Oh, I, I, it's also the way of the world right now, man. I see, you see all these, these. <laughs> I always like, feel like these brands hold people hostage. Just like yeah, you man, have really. the money, you know that essentially, you know, UFC is not going to break their deal with us. Yeah. So either you take what we have, or you go elsewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of fucked up, but the UFC's got to really reevaluate that deal because. Like I said, I say it a hundred times, man. But when one person says something, it's not really that big a deal. But when you got a bunch of fighters saying they don't like that deal, yeah, and these are the people that essentially continue to grow the brand, yeah, you really got to factor in what they're telling you. You know, you should really take it serious because essentially, several that. No, it's all good. It essentially could be the downfall to the business. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it in everything, man. Like the NFL has been a problem now over the last what since the season started but even from last year Mm. and now you know the commissioner roger goodall is going to get an extension but there's a lot of owners who question you know whether or not that extension is 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 the right decision to make and then you know you got the ufc man like this wasn't the right decision to make but it was financially beneficial for the ufc not necessarily the fighters for three people uh, that's it you know and and really you guys are already in a position where you're making x amount of dollars Mm -hmm. You know, the for and, and, and your brand is really good. Exactly. Four billion dollars. Right. Dana White made three hundred and fifty million dollars from that deal and still stayed on as president. So he's still making, you know, five to eight million dollars. I, I think it also comes to that down to passion or whether Fatito's is still passionate about the product. I I, I miss those guys. I miss those guys, man. Yeah. Those guys literally 
They, fight fans, man. Fight fans and great businessmen. Yeah. They there was never a moment. I felt like when the UFC was run by the Fertitta brothers, that was the prime time. Uh, Absolutely. To be a to be a fight fan mm-hmm. and follow the UFC. Ever since this WMI or WME IMG fucking group, like a bunch of individual owners just cluster fucked into one group. Mm-hmm. It's it's just bad. It's bad. And think about it. It would be even worse if Dana didn't stay on. Mm-hmm. It would be even worse. You know, you probably have like WWE style entrances. You know, the loud pyrotechnics and all this fucking shit. In Japan. Yeah, it's even getting bad now. Like, why, when there's a championship fight, why do we got to turn the lights down? Mm-hmm. Just let Bruce Buffer introduce them and get on with the fight. Like, I get so tired. Like, sometimes I even fall asleep during these pay-per-views because the introductions are so fucking long. Yeah. It's so drawn out. It's like, oh, it builds anticipation. No, that's what promotion it's is a promotion, for. Yeah, yeah. You promote the fight, you sell the fight, you build it up. Then when time for the fight comes, you you make them wait even longer. That's, that's like when you study for school, like people <laughs> study and they study all this time. Like, and then on day of, they're still studying. I'm like, Why are you still studying? Yeah. Well, you know, like it, it, will, it will improve it. Like I'll, I'll learn more. No, if you don't know the material by now, you're not going to know the material within the next few hours. You can cram, and you can pass this test, but you won't know the material. Yeah, you didn't the, digest the it. Point, the point of testing is for you to become knowledgeable about the things that you're reading or mm-hmm. the things that you're learning, so you actually have a base where it's retained. So you're not really retaining it when, when you do it like that. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. You know, like a fighter, you, won't, you will never catch a fighter doing full-on sparring the night of the fight like it doesn't make any sense no you know what I mean they might be running through their combinations just to get the muscle memory ready but they will never be sparring before a fight that's yeah. ridiculous you know what though man honestly like when it came like to reference the cramming and stuff mm-hmm. I, that's one of my worst qualities dude no cramming no like when I read something if I read it extremely fast I don't process a fucking ounce of it yeah I literally have to read it line by line by line, yeah, by line. or I will not process anything. Or more like if you were to do like audible, like audiobooks, where you can just like listen to somebody else listen, say, it, say it to you, and also you can turn the speed up so you can actually that I that I would process very quickly, quickly, very quickly. Yeah, um, it's weird. Like my, I don't know. Like my mind doesn't doesn't work in the most beneficial ways at times. Yeah, but for whatever reason, when it comes to making a firm decision, yeah, my mind just is right there. Clear. It's clear. It's like, oh, should we do this? No, I want to do this. Yeah. Nope, let's do this. But if I, if you told me to read that article and you asked me in 20 minutes, uh, would you take away from that article? Yeah. I would only be able to recite the major parts that I read. I wouldn't be able to crunch it into one and say, okay, this was what I thought about that point. Yeah. This is what I thought about that section of the, you know, the article. Um, I've gotten much better. Yeah. But three, four years ago, oh my God, it would have been awful absolutely awful I would have been terrible damn yeah but you know what the good thing is man I can say that now because I've grown yeah better. true true I would never discuss that yeah <laughs> if I still had that same problem that's absolutely true man that's, that, that's just brutally depressing man can't go from there man so tell us I, I want you guys to hear this from him because he's got a new podcast that, that he's starting that he had and mm-hmm. it, what, what's it what's it called Beats Rhymes of Life uh, 2.0 2.0 yeah I censored <laughs> I mean the boy Adams man gotta let him know when it's coming down man. happy going. to be back uh, we'll see what happens next week 
Um, but hopefully we'll get connected. He, we might even do record Saturday and put it out next week. But nice. It's nice to be back, man. Like we were before the the the, the whole um, cusp of the podcast is that we talking about like new albums that came out. Yeah. And then they shoot the shit about whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just like that. And then have guests come on and they just like. We talk about like different products. Like we talk about who's better: Jay Z, Kendrick, mm-hmm. uh, Drake, J Cole. You can take yeah. Jay Z out Jay Z is pretty much a great. But even just like questions like that, where you're debating stuff, or even the situations now, where like we talked about this briefly too, actually. Well, like where all these allegations now, if it's just like a clusterfuck, so people can ruin people's reputations because we you know like when. When someone's accused of something, it's like now you have to defend yourself. Yep. You're already you're already considered guilty, no matter, even though they say that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You're already considered guilty, and now you have to try and prove your innocence, which is much more difficult than actually presenting a case for yourself, right? Yeah. So we want we, we go into stuff like that, man. It's, it's, it's almost the same thing we do here, only that sports talk is not as we don't talk about sports on that, on that podcast because he's he's him like you is like not. I don't even know if that's correct grammar, but uh, you guys aren't interested in a lot of other sports, whereas I'm interested in, like, I love international football, what they call soccer, or... You know, you know what? I follow every sport, and yeah. I could probably converse about any sport, whether it's, um, you know, American football or, you know, soccer. I can talk about all of it, but when it comes to sports that I'm genuinely passionate about that mm. I would never need to do any research on or anything or, you know, dig into any one issue is, is particular sports, like, like obviously basketball, MMA. Yeah. Um, but I literally, like, and that was a funny thing. Like, I actually changed the the base of my own podcast, right? Like, I was, it was really wide. It was, it was wide open, basically. Like, I could talk about any one thing, but I found it was too difficult Um you know, conversely to, to transition from sports to um, wide dimension, you know what I mean? It was just yeah. really, it was it was really chaotic. So I literally decided to change the format and just basically go, you know what? It's going to be a comedic sports podcast yeah. and just go about that because, you know, I, I did so much research, man, going into this and I was like, you know what? And one guy said to me, he's like, just pick something that you're passionate about because that's what's going to resonate with people. Yeah, true. Passion, um, understanding of what you're talking about. And that's how you grab people. If you talk about something that you can, you sound completely uneducated about, or yeah. un, you know you have no knowledge of, people are gonna listen and be like, "No, that's not right." Yeah, you sound stupid. And then who the fuck is gonna want to listen to that? True. And you only have a short window in order to grab your listener, man. Because exactly, their their attention is being vied for by so many different distractions. Exactly. So you have like that one moment to grasp that one person, and then if they like it, like. You spread like wildfire if you tell people like for me I see something I like I tell everybody yeah everybody I see something I don't like I just don't mention it again because I don't even want to give it that power I don't want anybody to know that's true too it's like leave but that. with but with the with the podcast now that you guys are doing is it gonna be like how what's the what's the format like you guys are gonna go you guys are gonna do it like a couple times a week you guys are gonna do it like once a month well, like so that you can build content because obviously with some of the stuff that you guys talk about yeah there's not as much um, movement, so to speak. Yeah. In terms of those those kind of topics that you you would be conversing about. Yeah. Uh, for this run, I think we're gonna do it a little differently. Like we'll still have the guest on and everything. Yeah. Um, we'll still reference a lot of pop culture. The thing I that I think is very interesting about Adams and I, and the contrast of us doing the podcast here is that I'm 35 and he's what 24, 25 years old. 
So uh, we like a lot of similar things, and we're very, very up in popular culture. Um, but it's at from two different vantage points. So I get to see like what the young world thinks of like the hip hop they have now, or like the jazz they have now, or the dating scene, or any of these aspects, just to see like how it differs from people who are in my age group, or you know, like who think like I think, like who don't do online dating, and you know, who who meet people the old-fashioned way by going up to them and talking to them, mm-hmm. or you just like. The dichotomy between the two is what I love most about that podcast because it's like very, very interesting to see how somebody would think. Like mm-hmm. people I would think are like musical, like just like the Don, mm-hmm. the Mecca. Like some kids don't even know, like Aaliyah. Like people don't Aaliyah even know who Aaliyah so is. Good, man. Some dude said Aaliyah is overrated and that Brandy was better than her. It's, the guy said that to me on the bar. I almost turn around like dude like I can't even talk to you for the rest you've now shot any any pro- like I always say There's I can no always gauge for conversation no man I can always like, tell by Game of Thrones like if you're you, it, there's always like there's the people who don't watch Game of Thrones and then there's all of us yeah that's that's how it is like I, I just don't understand how a person would not like Game of Thrones it's everything mm-hmm. it's everything you have like classism you have racism you have like you have uh, medieval times. You have hierarchy. You have backstab. Like so many different things, and all steeped in a, a horrible, humongous lore. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I, I don't know, I'm, I'm geeking out right now because I love Game of Thrones. You know, you know, I love Game of Thrones. I know. I uh, it was funny too because I I finally I found it on, on like my Android box, and I was like. All right, I'm gonna give this a go. Yeah. And then when I went to give it a go, my internet stopped working. Ah. I was like, shit. I was like, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it tomorrow while I enjoy my my fucking my jerk routine. <laughs> Thursday. Day off, bro. Thursday routine, but no, I'm gonna check it out. But you know what? Honestly, man, I can't wait to hear that though. Yeah. Because I know this is the second go around. I think with it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So after I was up before, it was me by myself and I just interview people and see what they do in the city which is fun I mean it's cool to meet so many different people um, it's a lot harder to get guests because I, I'm like as, as much as people think I'm like this night out I don't go out that often like I go out if I go out I ball out but it's not like a regular occurrence it's like oh it happened like once or twice like this weekend yeah. I'm balling out this weekend but for the rest of the month you probably won't see me you know what I mean like being high it's just the way the way it is like so well, people see my snaps, they see my Instagram right now. Well, there's people and they're like, yo, this guy's life, like, this guy's life. Like, it is like that when I go out, but I don't go out that often for it to yeah. be like an everyday occurrence where I'm posting different things every single day. So, uh, the format for this one is it going to be like interview based or? Well, no, I, I, I don't know, I don't that? want it to be interview based at all. Like, if I was to, if I was to be completely frank with you, I, I love the conversational style of podcasting mm-hmm. where you still talk about current events or you get someone who's, who's got a specialized. They're a specialized field, um, but you have the two guys there mm-hmm. where they can riff off each other and cut yeah. jokes and like like the the whole red card thing. That was Adams. That's Adams' joke from that podcast. Like, give that person a red card. Mm-hmm. That's his joint, you know. Like, and then there's some stuff that he takes from me mm-hmm. and just like it accommodates it as well. But yeah, it's just like it's very it's very conversational based. Like that's why I almost don't like to like introduce the podcast when I do it. I just like to like hit record and we're in conversation. Like, more times we'll be sitting here talking we're having these interesting conversations I'll be yo, yo, yo stop 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 yeah yeah Get yeah to the podcast but when you got the podcast like damn it's so formal man it's different it's not like right now we're in a 
as we're talking now, we're like, it's almost like an interview, interviewee, right? But it's also very, very natural, this yeah. conversation we're having between the two of us. Well, which is weird, too, because, like, on mine, like, I kind of go back and forth. There's sometimes where I feel like the introduction is kind of drawn out. Yeah. And if, whether you do a solo podcast or you actually do, a, you know, a group podcast or, or you know, one-on-one, I, I still feel like sometimes there's a way, like, there's a, a way to do certain introductions. I don't like the super formal one. Yeah. I just kind of like, yo, welcome to the show, you know, so forth and so forth. You kind of give a rundown and then you just go right into it. Yeah. Because I do like the the feel of just hitting record and, and start talking. Yeah. But I think that's okay if you're conversing with somebody, but I think you kind of got to, you got to alter your approach yeah. when you're solo because then essentially nobody's going to know what you're, what you're talking about unless they tune in long enough to listen. So yeah. there's so many avenues, but I'm actually, um, I'm glad to see that, uh, that's going to be awesome. Cause I, I heard a couple, I heard a couple from the first, the first yeah. go around, but I want to hear what the second one, second time. It should be, it should be interesting, man. My boy is graduated too, man. I'm not proud of him and just like catch up, but I haven't really chopped it up with him before. The last time we had a reunion, I think we had a reunion in June, July, maybe. We had yeah. Jackass's reunion with all the old peeps and chilling, went drinking, and had a good time. Took pictures, people saw these Snapchats. Only time you see snaps from me that go as a story is when I'm drunk. I, I never snap unless it's private. I might even delete mine, dude. I haven't even yeah. used it. My, my you don't use it, you don't use it, man. Mostly, more times it's people snapping you just to give you, like, when Jess is in Nashville, she, like, snap me some stupid shit like that. It's like, oh, look at all this. These people spell my name wrong. Huh? Like, how hard is it to spell Jess? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, you just probably say the same thing. Like, it's just like, it's funny because you don't, people you don't regularly talk to, um, you get, like, kind of, like, a hotline to them. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's kitty shit, man. Like, my boy, there's a story. My boy, uh, he's trying to hit on this girl. And I'll, we can end with this, man. Well, he's trying to hit on this girl. And um, she's, like, asking him, do you have Snapchat? We can exchange Snapchats with her. And he's like, what's, oh, what's, what's Snapchat? And she's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> he puts on his flip phone, bro. And she walked away. <laughs> guy had a flip phone. Yeah, and he's like, guy, I really man. knew I was old at that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I, it took me a while to get on Snapchat, but it wasn't for that purpose. I think I, I, I used it so I can. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't I download it. I've never used it, man. I don't I just, know. There's no traction on there for me. Cause I'm not a selfie guy either. I fucking hate selfies. So like, I'm getting better. Yeah, I, I, you're loving selfies. You're you're all up in your face, bro. I see you all the time. Yeah. Well, so my arm, my head's so big, so even though my arms extended <laughs> completely, it still gets like my head as if I'm like literally right in my face. You, my pretty, head's big, bro. Your pictures are like. Oh, it looks like I'm literally just like face. Yeah, you you come in like I do. Just got just learn that. Like, the camera was just invented. No, yeah, <laughs> I literally had to get an extension for like my tripod because it gives me that extra like foot long distance. Yeah. So now like they should come from further back, so you should be able to see like maybe the wall or the background because <laughs> my ears just barricade that shit up. Yeah, you got you got the Will Smith ears. <laughs> that's that's unfair. Um, my ears aren't that fucking big. Yeah. Are they winning? Uh, they're winning by a lot. They're winning by too much, but I'm probably gonna have to say goodbye, good night to this uh this twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, on that note, man, we're gonna we're gonna cut it off here because it's late. I'm yeah, tired. I'm extremely tired. Before we go, man, I just want to say a big rest in peace to Roy Holiday, one of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my life. And I don't really like baseball, but when the Jays were shit and they're two dollars to go to these games, man, he was the one shining spot, man. Nice. That's really tight, man. Between him and Vernon Wells, like it's the only reason I was really watching baseball at yeah. that time. And that's so tragic, man. I just I, I heard that and just thought of Aaliyah and like the same yeah. kind of situation yeah, yeah. like it, it's just sad man it's very sudden i mean people die every day but 
he's kind of well known. He's, he's a Hall of Famer in baseball. It's kind of a, a huge celebrity within our city. Well, he's just a, you know from what you know what we see on television, man. He's just a humble dude. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's where you feel for him. You know you know you you respect him as an athlete, but when somebody's seems as nice as he was yeah then you always gotta you gotta pay your respects and, and give you just due man because because he definitely seemed like a nice guy and he was a great pitcher for the jays yeah so uh, great back to the city too man yeah 100 man so i don't know man um with that send it but yo late nights early mornings we're I, i'm telling you right now i'm not in my stride I feel I feel all kinds. Of, my legs feel like linguini right now. That's my it. eyes. I feel like I'm sore. I just took my I just took my contacts up, but I still feel like weird. I didn't get my sleep last night. And yeah, I told you the story about the fire alarm and everything. But yo, I'm glad I came out today and we did this conversation. This yes, podcast, no, man. man. I, I need that's my beauty rest. Yeah, get, let's, let's do it. Let's end it, man. All right, bro. Peace.